Jake, you're jacked, man. Do you see that? This thing weighs like a thousand pounds. I don't know if you just witnessed that. That was impressive. That was impressive. Well, what's up, Central? How you guys doing? Good. Yeah, good. My name's Tim. I'm uh, honored to be one of the pastors here and excited that you've decided to kick your week off with us. You guys are looking good today. Uh, I want to give a special shout out, not only to those of you here in the room, but also to all of you joining us online. We're glad that you're with us. Let's give it up for them. That is awesome. Hey, how awesome was last weekend? Uh, Pat Gelsinger, number one CEO came to talk to you. What the heck, man? You guys are a big deal. Big deal. I thought it was awesome. A great, great message and great weekend all the way around. Uh, I want to give you a quick snapshot of some of the things coming up. Uh, maybe you've heard of this. Um, uh, maybe not. But in your program, hopefully you receive one of these on the way in. Uh, if not, they're available in the back. But uh, if you got one of these, take a, take a look at this this bad boy right here. You can... Hold it up in the air and wave it around like you just don't care if you want. But uh, here's what it says. Um, a couple things I want to highlight. September 3rd, uh, we are having a, a potluck and prayer night. Uh, we believe in, in the power of prayer that God moves when his people call out to him. And so we want to get to know you a little bit better. And so it's an opportunity for us to just connect before that. So we're going to eat from 5.30 to 6.30 on that Tuesday night. Then 6.30 to 7.45. Uh, man, we're going to be, be calling out to God. The elders will be here if you want them to pray with you. We'd be honored to do that. Uh, but it's going to be a great night. Uh, then September 8th is kickoff weekend. Uh, it's an opportunity for you to wear your favorite football jersey NFL kickoff is that weekend as well so uh, so we're excited for that but wear your favorite jersey and it's kind of a kickoff to the ministry season as well great opportunity for you to get connected around here and join a serve team or, or jump into a group uh, that weekend would be awesome uh, then the 13th uh, Friday the 13th don't worry it's good luck it's fine Friday the 13th is a dream team rally if you serve around here this is an opportunity for us to honor you and to pour into you we, we want to give you some specific tools that we think will help you in this fall ministry season. And then finally, September 15th. Uh, it's not in your program, but September 15th. We're calling it Back to Church Sunday. Uh, we're actually locking arms with churches all across the Bay Area and actually all around the globe. Over 13,000 churches are participating in this Back to Church Sunday, uniting 120 denominations. Over 13 million people around the globe will be participating. It's just a great opportunity. Here's what that means. It's great opportunity for you. If you've got some friends that maybe you haven't seen around here for a while, uh, maybe a buddy that you work with, it's a great weekend to bring them uh, to Central that, that, that Sunday, September 15th. Uh, it's going to be a great time. We'll be in our series, wrapping up this current series that we're kicking off today. And that weekend, we'll be talking about heaven. What does heaven look like? Those that have gone there already, what are they experiencing right now? What does that look like for us as we move in that direction? Well, today we are kicking off a brand new series we've entitled As You Wish, because on Easter... Uh, 2019, we asked you, gave you a survey, said, hey, what are some topics you want to hear about? Well, at the top of the list was, how do I handle stress? Like, I am stressed out, and I'm, my life is kind of redlining. How do, I, how do I cope? How do I deal with, with stress? So as you wish, that is today's topic. But uh, let's pray before we jump into that. Then I got a quick video I want to show you. So Father, we just thank you for your love. We thank you, God, for uh, Central Christian Church and what you're doing in your church around the globe is awesome. And so today, God, as we tackle this topic of stress, I pray, Father, that you would fix our attention on you. Because uh, you said, God, that you keep in perfect peace, him whose mind is fixed on you. You allow us to come to you and cast all of our anxiety on you because you, God, you care for us. So, Father, over these next few moments, would you speak to us? Would you challenge us? Would you help us to be the people you created us to be? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Check out this quick video.
Now, this is your last chance. If one piece of candy gets past you and into the packing room unwrapped, you're fired. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we can clap for I Love Lucy. Why not? Why not? Why not? It's awesome. I don't know if you've ever felt like that. Like, like, man, the conveyor belt of life is throwing things at you faster than you can keep up. But you learn these little tactics. You learn these little coping mechanisms so you can maintain this fast pace of life. And then your reward for keeping up, your reward for stuffing those chocolates down your mouth is awesome. Good work. Speed it up. Let's go, right? Like that. <laughs> Thank you very much. May I have another? What the heck, right? Uh, how have you ever felt like that? Uh, I certainly have uh, very recently, but also, man, when I first got into ministry, man, I, I, I worked my tail off just trying to prove myself just a young guy, and, and, and it resulted in me hitting a wall and, uh, and facing burnout. And in my mid-20s, the doctor wanted me to put me on blood pressure medication because uh, the speed of my life was unsustainable. And, and so I just told God, I got real honest with God, I said, God, I, I, this ministry stuff, like, if me helping you come alive means death to me, literally, then I'm doing something wrong. And I got to figure out some boundaries. I got to recalibrate a little bit because this conveyor belt's coming at a, sp- a pace that I, I just can't, can't sustain. I don't know if you've ever felt that way, but I just believe we all wrestle with that. And that's why you asked the question, how do I handle this stress in my life? Because whether you're a pastor, whether you're in the tech industry, whether you're just a, a mom, which is a big deal, right? Like, holy cow, all the moms in the room, like you are a hero. You got more coming after you than, than we can sustain, right? It's, it's awesome. You're a big deal. And so, so we, all, we all experience this, right? And so um, I think rather than giving coping mechanisms... Uh, today we need to look under the hood a little bit. I don't know if you've ever had like your check engine light come on in your car. Um, and, and so Pat, you, you could speak to this a lot better than I could. I'm no mechanic. I will confess that. But every time that check engine light comes on on my dash, I'm like, oh crap. I got 
how, what can I do to get rid of this light, right? As if the light's the issue. The light's not the issue. It's pointing to an issue that's actually internal. There's an, there's an issue under the hood that needs to be addressed. But, but I rather was like, I just got to pass my smog test. So like, could you get rid of this light so I can keep going down the road? But we ignore that, right? To like our own detriment. Like, like you don't put oil in that puppy, that, that, that car's going to lock up and you're going to be stuck on the side of the road. I think stress is like that. I think stress is often that, that, that light on the dashboard that just highlights, you know what, there's some things going on that just need some attention, need some recalibration uh, for you to maintain health, for you to keep going uh, down the tracks. And so two things I want to tackle today, two things. One is uh, a principle, some principles for our life uh, that, that can lead to a better life, some principles, but not just overarching principles. We want to get practical as well. So, so how is this going to impact my life on Monday? How is this going to help me this week? And so, so first we're going to look at some principles, then we're going to look at practical action steps that can lead to to a better life. And so the first thing I want to talk about is uh, principles for a better life. Uh, my wife and I, we have a, a daughter. She's turning four this week. It's hard to believe she's four. It goes fast. Um, but, but this summer, she started using this phrase, uh, I, want, I want something better. Like, so I, we'd be making breakfast. No, daddy, I want, I want better food, which never ends well for her, right? Um, but, but, but I believe in asking the question, how do I handle stress? We're really saying, how do I live a better kind of life? So I want to give you three principles that, that will lead to a better kind of life. And, and I really learned these, these principles after hitting that wall and kind of facing burnout and, and recalibrating my life. So some notes you can follow along uh, if you would like. But the first principle is this. Uh, it is better to have less of what doesn't matter and more of what does. It's better to have less of what doesn't matter and more of what does. Uh, Michelangelo sculpted this, this great marble image of David, right? This great, great architectural piece, like this piece of art. But man, he didn't do that by, by adding a bunch of stuff. He actually got to that fine piece of art by chiseling a bunch of stuff away. And I just believe that the wisdom of life exists in the elimination of the non-essentials. The wisdom of life is the elimination of non-essentials. And so in order for, for me to do more of what matters, I need to start believing that it's okay to, to kind of have less. And if we're honest, I struggle, I believe we struggle with this idea that we, we just need more. The, the, the world around us feeds us this principle. Everywhere you go, more is better. Somehow on the other side of just a little bit more is this illusion, that this carrot called happiness that we just chase it, Right? Uh, here, here's what I mean. Uh, if $1 is good, $2 is, is better, right? $1 is good, $2 is better. One donut out there on the patio is good, but two donuts, better. It's kind of like middle school dance. We all participate. This will be more fun. This is better. One car is good. Two cars are better. That's right. Four kids are good, but five kids are, whoa, whoa, whoa. One wife is good, but two wives are, don't you do, don't do, don't, no, don't do that. This will no longer be a safe place for any of us. Uh, one seminary student asked his professor, he said, hey, Solomon had a thousand wives. Doctor, help me understand why one man would need a thousand wives. And the doctor said, well, Solomon, in all of his wisdom, knew that he would need a thousand wives for one to be happy when he came home at night. No, I didn't just say that. I didn't just say that. He asked his female professor, why did Solomon have a thousand wives? She said, well, Solomon be a man of wisdom. 
every man needs to know that it takes a thousand women to straighten out one man. And so there's, a, there's some truth. Some truth in that. According to a Gallup research, about half of us say that we don't have enough time to do what we want to do. Uh, that it goes up exponentially if you're between the ages of 35 and 54, or if you have kids under the age of 18. We would, we would agree that whole, I got more on my to-do list than I have time to actually do. And if you're an average American, here's what's going to happen. You're going to live 78 years, according to the research. And the average American is going to eat out. Here's how you're going to spend your time. You're going to eat out 17,035.2 times. Um, in other parts of the country... 1,811 of those would be at McDonald's. Not for you in California, though, right? We're healthy. At least we like to think so. Um, You'll spend 13 years and four months watching TV, average American. Uh, You'll spend five years waiting in lines. Spend one year looking for misplaced items. For some of you, like, my spouse is going to spend more than that. You're going to attend 35 weddings. You're going to drive 600,027 miles or 25 times around this thing we call Earth. Uh, You're going to spend 1,684.5 days on a toilet. (laughs) According to the research, uh, Global Web Index estimates... Uh, that the average adult spends two hours and 22 minutes on social media a day. If you're between the ages of 16 and 24, that goes up to four hours. But we'll just take the adult number there. And you're going to spend 7.21 years scrolling through everybody else's life. I just say that to say maybe a lack of time isn't our greatest issue. Maybe it's we've bought into this lie that a little bit more is what I need. A little bit more, a little bit more, and that leads to the stress-filled life that we currently experience together. Ecclesiastes says this, Ecclesiastes 4.6. It says, better, this is better, better one handful with tranquility. Better to have one handful with some peace than two handfuls with, with stress, than two handfuls with toil, with chasing after the wind. Like, you just can't even, can't even grasp. It's better to have one handful with peace. Here's the principle of that verse. It's better to have less of what doesn't matter and more of what does. Second principle is this. It's better to live by design, not by default. It's better to live by design, not by default. Psalm 139.16 says this. All the days ordained for me. Like, like, check this out. Before you were born, like God has a plan. He has a design. He has a purpose for your life. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Andy Stanley put it this way. Everybody ends up somewhere in life. Few people end up somewhere on purpose. We can live by design or we can live by default. Uh, A study by the Center of Creative Leadership found that professionals who have smartphones, and let's be honest, like, where do they come up with it? Who doesn't have a smartphone these days? Like, every professional with a smartphone works more than 70 hours a week is what they found. Six out of ten surveyed by the American Psychological Association in 2007 said that they're stressed out at work. And four out of ten said it's not related to a specific project. It's just redlining nonstop. I'm just stressed out all the time. According to a study commissioned by a software company, Adobe, uh, in the U.S. workers spend six hours every day checking emails at Adobe. 
and to preserve time the rest of the workday. 80% of them check their emails before going into the office. 30% check it before they get out of bed. And, and I would just argue that's not limited to Adobe, right? Like some of us, we experience this on a daily basis. According to another study by the GFI software, they found that 40% of us check emails after 11 p.m. at night. Three-quarter of us do it on the weekends. And I think with apps like Slack and Basecamp and other project management software, that's probably through the roof exponentially. I share those statistics just to highlight that maybe we're stressed out because we're not living by design, but maybe we're living by default. And the conveyor belt of life just keeps throwing chocolates at us, and we just keep trying to manage them all. And if we don't live intentionally, if we don't structure our time intentionally, other people will fill that time for us. So we got to live by design, not by default. Third and final principle is this. Uh, it is better to get the right things done, not just more things done. It's better to get the right things done, not just more things done. Uh, my challenge is I, I like checking boxes. I like getting stuff done. But if you're like me, sometimes we come to the end of our day and we're like, I was so busy, but I don't even know what I did today. <laughs> like, what, what just happened, right? But it's better to get the right things done, not just more things done. Proverbs 17, 24 says this. Here's what an, an intelligent person does. An intelligent person aims at wise action, but a fool starts off in many different directions. They're just going all over the place. But a wise person says, no, I'm laser focused. I'm living life intentionally, and here's where I'm going. Peter Drucker, the great leadership guru, said this, uh, there is nothing so useless as doing effectively that which should not be done at all. Some things just don't need to be done, right? And so an important question isn't, can I do this cheaper? Can I do this faster? Can I do this easier? Maybe the better question is, should I be doing this at all, right? Like, maybe there's some things we should just intentionally say no to. Uh, so, so that's some practical principles, right? And some principles that will lead to a, a stress-filled life if we embrace them and live from that framework. But practically, how do we run this race we call life? Because we all are on the track and we are all running, some of us at a, a breakneck speed. But how do we practically run to win? And so in Hebrews uh, 11, 1, it actually says, uh, let, let's throw off everything that hinders. Let, let's throw off everything that slows us down. Let us throw off the, the sin that so easily entangles us and let us just run with perseverance this race marked out for us. Let us run, run well. So how do we do that? I believe, number one, is take regular inventory. Uh, we need to just pause and take some inventory. Here's what it says in Psalm 39, 4 through 5. It says, Lord, remind me. We just need to pause and take some inventory. We need to be reminded. Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered, that my life is fleeing away. My life is no longer than the width of my hand. The entire, an entire lifetime is just a moment to you. Human existence is just a breath. Like, it's gone, right? It goes quick. Samuel Johnson said people need to be reminded more than they need to be instructed. And so over these next few minutes, my hope is to give you a reminder uh, about some of these things, how we can live life stress-free and live life intentionally. So we're not living by default, but living by, living by design. 
And so to take inventory, there's seasons of my life where I literally schedule an appointment with myself for 15 minutes, depending on the season, maybe five minutes, maybe 30 minutes when I have a little bit more margin. But in those seasons, I'll set a reminder and ask myself two questions to kind of take an inventory to see, see how, my, how I'm doing on the inside. And here's the two questions I ask myself, and I would encourage you to write these down, maybe ask yourself these questions. Uh, the first question is this, does my calendar and my budget reflect my values? Does your calendar and your budget reflect what you value in life? Uh, Because we we all are going to end up somewhere. Let's be people who end up somewhere on purpose. Let's live life intentional. Let's live life uh, by values. Um, In that season when I hit a wall, I came up with this this framework, and I got some water on it. But but I keep it laminated because some seasons I'll stick this puppy in the shower. Some seasons I'll stick it on my desk. But i got to keep this in front of me because it helps me to point to my true north. It helps me to figure out what I really value in life. And I'll, here's a confession. Recently, this month, uh, man, I felt like my life was redlining. And, and so I just said, you know what? I need to take a step back. And I just need to go back to my values and say, am I doing this? These values are what help me thrive in life. And so for, for me, I start off with this quote by Go, and it says, uh, things that matter most must never be at the mercy of things that matter least. In your life, things that matter most to you should never be at the mercy of things that matter least. And so for me, to be alive Here's what I got to do. I got to focus on God. And here's, there's verses and some action steps for me to each one. I need to focus on myself because here's the deal. If I'm not healthy, I'm not going to be a good dad. I'm not going to be a good husband. I'm not going to be a good pastor. I'm just, I'm not going to be good at at much. If I don't maintain my own personal health, I'm dead in a ditch. Like it's not going to go well. Then my value of my value, my family. So there's some things here that I need to do. Uh, I need to have dinner with my family three nights a week. I need to take my wife out on a date once a week. And there's some things here that, that help me stay within the guardrails of my life. Uh, and then, then finally work. Like, I want to work under the Lord. I want to bring my best because God deserves that. I'm serving him. And so there's some, some action steps to make sure I'm, I'm doing these, these things in my life. But, but taking an inventory and asking myself, does my calendar, does my budget reflect those values that I stated, this is what I want said of me at my funeral? When some guy like me stands up on here to talk about this guy in a box, I hope they say, man, Tim loved God. He maintained his own personal health because he, he knew his wife needed that. He knew his kids needed him to be healthy. He valued his family. He valued his work. He brought his best every day. He didn't always get it right, but man, he, he tried. Does my calendar, my budget reflect my values? And any time it doesn't, it's time to recalibrate. Then the second question I ask myself is, what's God saying to me, and what am I doing about it? What's God saying to me? What am I doing about it? Because it, it requires this closeness. And any time I realize, you know what, I'm, I'm not hearing from God, then, then I, I'm the one who, have, who has moved. He, he's always talking. He always wants to be in your, he always wants to have this, this close relationship with you. So at any point I have to ask that question, I answer that question and say, I don't know, then it's, it's an opportunity for me to, as I take inventory, recalibrate, and I'm going to move, going to move a little bit closer. And any time that, that my, my calendar, my budget, those answers don't reflect my values, then the second observation is this. I need to make some tough decisions. We just need to make some tough decisions in life. So we need to take inventory, and that leads to us to making some tough decisions. Psalm 90, verse 12 says this. Uh, Teach us to number our days and recognize how, how few they are. Help us to spend them as we should. After you take inventory, if you're like me, you're going to have, have an opportunity to do some chiseling. 
cut some things away that, that aren't, don't matter so much. Just let them go down the conveyor belt of life. And here's the challenge. Often those things aren't bad things. They're often, often really good things. They're just not the best things. Steve Jobs said this, uh, I'm actually as proud of the things that we haven't done as the things that we have done. Like you have to have an intentional no. Live a, a value-based life. I would encourage you to create a stop doing list and see how that lightens the load a little bit. Third and final uh, observation is this. Let's be people that focus on what matters most. Let's focus on what matters most. Uh, Oliver Berkman, he said this. He says, what will your life have been in the end but the sum total of everything you spent time focusing on? Like at the end of the day, our lives are going to be the sum total of what we spend our time focusing on. And so let's focus on what matters. And I think for many of us, myself included, we, are, we get stressed out because, as Stephen Covey says, we're caught up in the thick of thin things. We're just caught in the thick of thin things. We're focused on some things that don't, don't necessarily matter. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Lord of the Rings. Uh, it's, uh, there's this guy in the movie Lord of the Rings uh, called Bilbo Baggins. And, and Bilbo made this statement that I think is often true of, of my life and probably for, for us at large. But here's what Bilbo said. He, said. he said, I feel thin, sort of stretched, like butter scraped over too much bread. And man, sometimes I feel like my life's like that. I feel like butter scraped over too much bread. And any time that you feel that way, any time I feel that way, it's an opportunity just to take a step back. And I, I just need to take some inventory. Am I living a life of values? And then, I, then it leads me to making some, some difficult decisions because I want to be a man who focuses on what matters most. And so here's what Jesus said in Matthew six thirty three. He said, this, this is what, what matters most. He said, seek first his kingdom, his righteousness, Everything else will take care of itself. You focus on him first. And so here's a, a question to consider. Uh, is what you are stressed out about today, will that matter 100 years from now? If you're like me, often the thing, if I were to sit down and make a list of here's what's eating my lunch, here's what's keeping me awake at night, and I just make a list, often most of the stuff on that list will not matter 100 years from now. So I need to focus my life on what, what does matter. And so here's, here's what I believe matters most according to God's word. Uh, number one, God matters. God matters. You're like, yeah, pastor, I knew you were going there. Well, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Matthew 22, 37 through 38 says this. Uh, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Check this out. This is the first priority. This is... This is all, we are wired. When we go to the creator and say, God, why'd you make us? We say, well, number one, I made you to, for a relationship with me. And so love me with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength, because you'll find life there. That's why I've made you. I've created you for that purpose. He says this is the first and this is the greatest commandment. So on all of our list of priorities, all of our, our task list tomorrow and Monday, we walk in the office, number one, Man, I need to love God with all my heart, all my soul, all my mind, all my strength. Westminster Catechism said this, uh, Man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Like your purpose, you were made to love God, to have this relationship with him and enjoy him forever. St. Augustine said, You have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless. We're just stressed out until we find rest in you. 
When I can't sleep at night, I remind myself of this. Uh, Jesus is bigger than everything, so I don't need to worry about anything. And when I wake up at 2 a.m., I say, you know what? God, you're bigger than everything, so I'm not going to worry about anything. And if I wake back up at 4 o'clock, Jesus, you're bigger than everything, so I'm not going to worry about anything. Because it's true. We focus on him. We recalibrate to who he is. Uh, often when I'm stressed out, my life is redlined, and it means I'm just not focused on things that really matter the most. And for many of us here, your best next step is to acknowledge we've gotten things out of order, and we're making God our number one priority once again. And see how that lightens your load. Uh, second thing that'll last forever, over 100 years, people. People matter. People matter. People matter because it's the only thing on earth that you'll see with you in heaven. People are, are the most important things in our lives. And, and here's the deal. I can prove it. Uh, for the past five weeks, if you've been with us, man, I've invested some time, some energy, some creativity, some, some, some passion into writing tremendous messages that were awesome. Yeah. Right? Uh, if you don't believe me, ask my mom. Uh, but here's the deal. Past five messages, it would, we'd be hard-pressed to find one person who can name those five messages. But here's what I know to be true of you. If I were to ask you, name 10 people who've impacted your life for better or for worse, no one would have issue with that. Because you're the sum total of the people in your life. That's who they, that shapes us. More than anything else, probably your, your deepest hurts, habits, and hang-ups came through some people and your own dumb choices. But more than anything else, God uses people to shape people. People, people matter. That's what Jesus said in Matthew 22, 37 through 38. It says this, uh, Number one, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength. This is the first and greatest commandment. And then he gives us the second, and this is the second, is like it. Love people. Love your neighbor like you love yourself. Then he says this, The whole Bible... All the law, all the prophets, they all hinge on these two things. Love God. Love people. It's not new information to many of us here in the room. But holy smokes, I need that reminder. Because my focus is on so many other things other than loving God, other than loving people. Galatians 5, 13 through 15 says this. Uh, Serve one another in love. Paul says this. The entire law is summed up in this single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. And if you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out. You'll be destroyed by each other. He's like, just, just love, love people. That's why around here at Central, we're entering into this season uh, of getting connected. And, and so it's our hope for you. In the seat backs in front of you, there's a serve card uh, for you to get involved in serving. And two things will happen in that moment whenever you sign up to serve. You'll begin to invest your time into some things that will last for eternity. So 100 years from now, you'll be like, I'm, on August 25th, I'm so glad I did. Because I invested my life in some things that will last for an eternity. But more than that, you'll get in proximity with some people who can sharpen you along life's journey. Uh, some people who, who God is asking you to sharpen them along life's journey. You can help each other along this journey of life when we serve uh, together. So my hope for everyone that would call Central Christian Church their home would be to attend one service, serve one service. Because I just believe we're better together. And then on September 8th, we're going to be kicking off groups. And man, I'm so thankful for the group leaders around here at Central because they've said people matter. And so I'm going to invest my life in helping some people along this journey. Would love for you to jump into a group and do life with some people because we're better. We're better together. God matters. People matter. Get involved in community. And third and final thing is this. Uh, eternity matters. Eternity 
It matters. I don't know if you've ever DVR'd a, a football game. We're, we're getting into football season and um, maybe a baseball game, maybe a movie. Uh, but you DVR'd something, right, Like you hadn't seen before. But before you get to the DVR, like you get that ESPN update or like someone, spoiler alert, like here's what happens, like she dies. It's like, oh gosh, thanks for ruining the whole movie for me, right? Well, on, on September, October 1st last year, I had a meeting, was running late, DVR in the Chiefs game. Chiefs are playing the Broncos, our rival. And, uh, and we're undefeated at this time. Like this guy, Patrick Mahomes, is coming out of nowhere, tearing it up. Tyreek Hill, like it's awesome. Things are going great for our football season. But the, the Broncos are beating us. And we're in the fourth quarter and we're down by 10, right? And, and, and my kids, we're watching it. My, my, we let them stay up late because it's the Chiefs, baby, Monday night football. Let's go. And, uh, and so they're stressed out. They're like, Dad, I don't know if we're going to do it. We're going to lose. Can you believe it? Like the, Bronco, the Broncos of all teams, Dad, can you believe it? And they're stressed out. And normally I'm the one yelling at the TV trying to coach uh, from the, behind the tube, but... But it's my kids, and everyone in the room is stressed out. They're walking around. They're pacing. Hey, I'm in a lazy boy. I think, I think we have hope. I've already got the update on my phone. I know we win, but the game's intense, right? They're on the field slugging it out. There's flags flying. I'm like, the refs are after us. What's going on? And so while in the moment, I'm there, and I'm like, I don't see how this is going to work out. But I know the Chiefs win. I don't understand. And everyone around me, tension's high. They're stressed out. And I just say that to say this. Eternity matters. And you've got an update on your phone. You can flip to the back of that Bible and see how this game ends. And I'm just telling you, God wins. And if you're on his side, you win. And when you're stressed and when it may, you're like, I don't see how this is going to work out. I'm, I, I'm redlined. I don't know what's going to happen. Pause. Whoa. It all works out in the end. I've got the ESPN update. God wins. <laughs> Scoreboard says all good, right? God wins. Here's a snapshot. Revelation 21. Verse 3 through 8 says this. I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Look, God's dwelling is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eye. There will be no more death or mourning or crying. For the older things have passed away. Like he's making all things new. There's coming a day when what's broken will be fixed, what's unjust will be made justified. It's going to be good. And he said, he said, he who sat on the throne said, I'm making everything new. Then he said, write this down. These words are trustworthy. These words are true. He said to me, it is done. I am the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all this. I will be their God. They will be my children. And that's good news. That's good news. Yeah. And sometimes in life, it's important for us just to pause, take some inventory and say, wait a minute. What I'm really worried about, will this matter 100 years from now? Here's the deal. I got the ESPN update. I know I win. So now I can operate from a posture of peace, knowing that he is victorious. 
knowing that in the end, it all works out for good and for his, his glory. And so living from this framework that God matters, people matter, eternity matters, can bring peace in the present. Focus on eternity matters for another reason, because it goes on to say in verse 8, but the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderous, the, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, idolaters, and all liars, they will be consigned to the fiery lake, burning sulfur. This is the second death. While the scoreboard of life will show victory for God and for his kids, if you make Jesus the leader and the forgiver of the life, that brings peace into the present. Nevertheless, eternity matters because helping people find and follow Jesus, it matters. Because according to the word of God, while you have a future hope, many people that we love have a future hell. Therefore, we live as everyday missionaries in our everyday mission field. We go throughout every day on mission to help people with this purpose, to help people find and follow Jesus. Why? Because eternity, it matters. One of my favorite movies is this movie called Gladiator. And in that movie, Maximus, Gladiator, he says, Brothers, what we do today will echo throughout eternity. That's true. How you live today will echo throughout eternity. How you live on Monday will echo throughout eternity. How you live your life on Tuesday will echo throughout eternity because eternity matters. Let's focus on what matters, right? That's good. Thank you, Velma. In closing, just like I love Lucy, like Lucy and Ethel, I think's her name, the conveyor belt of life is going to throw a whole bunch at you this week we're going to let some of those chocolates pass because it's better to have less of what doesn't matter and more of what does we choose to be a people who live by design not by default today we're making the choice to focus this week on getting the right things done not just getting more stuff done we're going to take regular inventory and have courageous faith to make some tough decisions every time our values are out of balance, every time our calendar and our budget don't reflect what we want said of us at the end. And what will your life have been in the end but the sum total of everything you spent your time focusing on? Let's be a people that focus on what matters. God matters. People matter. Eternity matters. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your love. We thank you, God, for the reminder today to fix our, li- our lives, fix our eyes on you, because you matter. You created us for relationship with you. God, you created us for relationship with, with other people. We're whole people, God, so help us to be healthy mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, God. Help us to focus our lives on what really matters. God, we... Uh, just going to pause in a moment like this and with every head bow, every eye closed, maybe you're here and you're like, you know what? I, I heard about eternity and I heard there's a scoreboard and man, I want to be on the winning team, but I just would be honest and say, I, I'm far from God. I'm not in right relationship with him. 
But today, I, I, I want that. I want to I know him now so I can have this relationship with him on this side of earth, this side of eternity, and then, then be with him forever after I die. And maybe you're here and you say, you know what, I've never made that commitment. Maybe you're here and you say, you know what, I, I did it one time, but I haven't been living a life that reflects that reality. And I would just say this for both groups of people, the same thing is required. That's just coming back to him and saying, I surrender once again. Here's my life. Use me as you see fit. If you want to make that commitment today, I would just invite you to say a simple prayer like this with me. Heavenly Father, I realize I've, I've blown it. I've made some mistakes. I realize I haven't lived up to your standards or my own standards, to be honest. But God, I'm asking you today to forgive me. I believe that Jesus died on the cross to pay the penalty for my junk, for my sins, for my mistakes. And I believe that he rose again. And because you're alive, Jesus, I'm asking you to come into my life and take up residence in me. Help me to live the kind of life you called me to live because I know in doing that, I'll come alive. You're the designer. I'm the designed. Help me to live according to your purposes. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.